0: It's Monday, March 11, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is The Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. This is our weekly Monday Bible study and call to prayer. Today, we are continuing our study on the book of Acts, and we are joined by Blake Wilson, our vice president of operations. And Blake will walk us through Acts chapter 11, verses 19
1: through 30. It's great to be back with you guys again this morning. We're going to continue our study in the book of Acts by looking at Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 30, and really the birth of the church in Antioch and how it got started. But I think it's important today before we dive in, to look back at some other passages of scripture that we have studied in the book of Acts that really sets the stage for us before we jump into Acts chapter 11. And we don't have to go back too much further uh, to get to this point and I want to start by looking at Acts chapter 8 and, and if you remember as we've been studying this book over and over again we see persecution happen. We see the first church start and we see the first church grow, and the Lord is blessing it. Uh, shortly after, we see persecution begin to start. And in Acts chapter eight, we see um, we see a man give his life um, for the gospel. Um, and this is this is Acts chapter eight, and it says, "And Saul approved of his execution." His execution being Stephen's execution. So in Acts, the last part of Acts chapter seven, we see. We see um, Stephen Stephen is stoned um, and lose, loses his life for the sake of the gospel. And in Acts chapter 8, we see that Saul approved of his execution. And it says, There arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen... And made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging against the church. And entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. All but the apostles were scattered. So we see the church um, scattered because of the persecution that happened with Stephen. Um, Stephen loses his life, and you can put yourself in that situation. Ultimately, fear... Um, took over. I can only imagine that people began um, to to run. People began to be fearful, and the church was scattered. But I think something that we need to to not overlook in Acts chapter eight is is twice it says they were they they were scattered, except the apostles. And then again in verse number three, it says um, all but the apostles were scattered. So as we look. In Acts chapter 11, I want us to remember that these were ordinary men. The apostles were still put. They still stayed um, doing ministry there in Jerusalem. But ordinary men were dispersed across the nation and began to evangelize the lost. So in Acts chapter 11, and our passage today is 19 through 30, verse number 19 says and now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen. These were just ordinary men that traveled um, as far as Valencia and Cyprus and to Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. So these men were scattered, but they were ordinary men. And I think one of the things that we need to to point out is that the Lord wants to do extraordinary things to ordinary people. And I feel we're so guilty sometimes of... of, uh, creating church into a spectator sport and only wanting the most talented musician to play or sing letting the most talented speaker present or teach and really the rest of the church sits and watches and observes but the lord has got great plans for us and wants to do extraordinary things through us and we see that here in acts in acts chapter Eleven. So it says that the, these, the church was dispersed. In verse number 20, it says, But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenist, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and he saw the grace of, Grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarshish to look for Saul, but when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year they met with a church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So you've got these ordinary men that the Lord is working through, and we see a great number of people come to know the Lord. But again, how did this all start? It started through a trial. It started through suffering. So we have to learn to embrace suffering. We see Stephen was stoned in in Acts chapter 7. And if it wasn't for his death, the church in Antioch would not have been born. I think we this is something we have to gain a, a clearer perspective on is when we face trials or when we face persecution, we have to take a deep breath and step back, and ask what is the Lord doing through this because He does have a bigger plan. You know, we may not see it um, in our lifetime, but we have to trust that the Lord is working through all things. And you know, you you see Stephen lose his life, but Stephen didn't know that this church was going to be be born that thousands of people were going to come to know the Lord because of his death if it wasn't for his death the church wouldn't have been scattered um, and the church of Antioch would not have been born so we have to learn to embrace suffering and trust that the Lord has a bigger plan um, when we face these trials and then i think the i think the other thing that we can note from this is that that we have to to penetrate lostness um, by reaching those who are lost this is uh, in verse number 20. It says, But there were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenist, preaching the Lord Jesus. They, were, they, were, they spoke to the Gentiles. They spoke to the Greeks. And if you guys remember um, in, the, in the last passage, the first part of Acts chapter 11, we were looking at the gospel going forward for those Gentiles. So we see this lost people group. Um, the gospel is, is open. We see, we saw that from Peter last week that the gospel is moving forward um, for these for these Gentiles. Um, so we have to, to understand the need to penetrate lostness. These people went into this community of Gentiles and began to preach the gospel. We have to be intentional to share Christ with those who are lost. It, and it doesn't matter the background. It doesn't matter what culture they are. It doesn't matter what people group they're from. We have to be intentional about sharing the gospel with those that are lost. And this is what we see happen in the birth of this church of Antioch. We see growth happen because these men went and were intentional in sharing the gospel with the lost and the dying. And people begin to take notice of this. If you see in in 11:22 and 23, people began to take notice. And it says, uh, The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he came, he saw the grace of God, and he was glad, and he exhorted them to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. People began to take notice. When the Lord is working, people will take notice. And there's no, this is no different of what we read here in Acts chapter 11. The church of Antioch began to grow. People began to know the Lord, and people took notice. And they sent Barnabas to check on things. And when Barnabas got there, he saw the the hand of the Lord working. Amazing things were happening so when the Lord is working, people will take notice. Um, another thing I want to I make sure that we don't miss in this passage of Scripture today is um, that it is God in and through us that we see transformation happen. It is God in and through us that we see transformation happen. In verse number 21, it says, And the hand of the Lord was with them. The hand of the Lord was with them. It wasn't anything these men Were doing, it was the hand of the Lord. If it wasn't for the hand of the Lord on these men, um, the gospel would not have moved forward. It is only through him. And you see that again in verse 22. um, I'm sorry, in verse number 23. And it says, When he came, speaking of Barnabas, When Barnabas came, he saw the grace of God. So it was the hand of God working through them, and it was the grace of God that changed these men. And then 24, it says, for he was a good man barnabas barnabas was a good man full of the holy spirit barnabas wasn't good by himself he was good because of the holy spirit in him so it was the hand of the lord it was the grace of the lord it was the the spirit in barnabas that is, is why we were seeing things happen and the and god was working through ordinary people like barnabas like these disciples um, so that transformation can happen. So let's not try to take credit. When when we see things happen, great things happen. Let's not um, try to make it about us. Let's stay focused on the Lord and realize that it is God in us and through us that the transformation is happening. It's not because of us. Um, let's also let's make note that we have to make disciples. We have to make disciples, and that just making disciples takes time. In verse number twenty six. And it says, and when they had found him, um, he brought. they brought him to Antioch. So we're talking about Saul, Barnabas went to get Saul. He brought him to Antioch, and it says for a whole year they met with the church and they taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Discipleship takes time. You see Paul and Barnabas pouring a year of their life into this church to strengthen them, to encourage them. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, was was discipling this young church, um, and we see them begin to grow in their faith, and many disciples were made because of this. So discipleship takes time. We're so guilty in the culture we live in of trying to um, see things happen fast, getting frustrated when things don't happen fast. We we are a I-want-it-right-and-I-want-it-now culture, um, but discipleship takes time. And, and in order to walk the, the journey of life with people, we have to be patient, and we have to disciple, and we have to be in it for the long haul. And this is what we see happen um, for this year that Barnabas and Saul were pouring into the church of Antioch. So we have to be intentional in making disciples. And, and then lastly, um, the very last part of this passage in Acts chapter 11, 27 and 30, we see these believers take action. And it says, And now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, And one of them named Agabus stood and he foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. We see this young church take action. They're made aware of a need. They take action. Everybody, according to his own ability, they begin to send relief to the brothers in Judea. So they took, they took action. But what I think is neat is that you see that they sent it by the hands of Barnabas. Back in Acts chapter 4, if you guys remember in 32 through 37, we see this man named Barnabas on the other side of the coin. And it says in um, verse number 36 in, in Acts 4, 36 and 37, it says, Thus Joseph... Who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and he brought the money and he laid it at the apostles' feet. You see this man sell his field and give the money to the apostles so that he can help meet the needs of those around him. But then, fast forward a few chapters later, and in Acts chapter 11, you see. He is on the other side, and you see now the Lord is using him as an instrument. And it says, And so the disciples determined every one according to his ability to send relief to the brothers in Judea, and they did so, sending it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So you've got a man who once sold his belongings to help others now is leading others to do the same, and they're giving their goods, their possessions to Barnabas so that he could help those. Who are hungry? There's so many truths in this passage um, that we can hold on. But I think the theme for this um, is is when we face these trials and we don't understand what's before us, when we're being persecuted, to understand that the Lord has a has things in, under control. To trust that the Lord is using these trials, using this persecution, to shape us and mold us into who He wants us to become. And then if we can look at the life of Stephen um, and see the, the persecution that the church was enduring during that season. Um, but because this man lost his life, we see this church grow. We see this church um, expand. And many people come to know the saving grace of the Lord because of the death of a man. So when we face these trials, um, let's trust that the Lord is working through us and in us and that he has, a bigger, he has a bigger
0: story that we're playing a part in. Well, thanks, Blake. And this week, we are praying for the country of Guatemala. We are praying that the gospel will go forward brightly in the midst of such a religious, but not, yes, not necessarily Christ-centered culture. We're praying for the children in Guatemala. Uh, Many children reside in orphanages, and we're praying as they grow up in places without a family that the Lord would wrap around them and care for them. We're praying for their caregivers in these homes, that they will have the energy and the endurance that they need to meet all of the children's needs. We're praying specifically for our partners, Todd and Amy Block, at the Village of Hope Uh, in San Lucas, Guatemala. We're praying for wisdom as we continue to partner with them through unadopted and caregiver training. And our next training will actually take place in in early June. We're praying for the Block family specifically, that they will have endurance and an ever-renewing sense of purpose, courage, and energy while they manage the home. And we're praying for them as a family, as a whole. Uh, The Blocks have adopted several children, and we want to pray for their children who are not just brought into their home through adoption, but are now serving other children. We pray for the staff, the caregivers, the guards, the cooks, the teachers, the psychologists at Village of Hope. And we praise the Lord for the work that is being done at the Village of Hope and how Todd and Amy both pursue serving HIV children as well as other teen mothers and children in their home and the infants that they serve as well. And we also are praying for the co-directors, Addison and Ronald Lopez. Uh, This is the block's oldest daughter. And we certainly want to pray for Addison and Ronald as they are expecting their first biological child um, in the next several months. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to work in Guatemala. We thank you for your love you have for this country. We know that this is a country that is very religious Uh, But, Lord, they are not always Christ-centered. And so, Lord, we just ask that your churches would grow in wisdom, that your churches would grow in influence, and that your gospel would penetrate the hearts and the minds of the people in Guatemala. We pray for the children in Guatemala, many of which are residing in orphanages that dot the landscape of the country. We're asking that you be with the caregivers and all of those who are caring for these children, that they would have energy and endurance and wisdom and love and care and compassion. We pray for... Village of Hope and specifically the Blocks and the Lopezes, as they lead, we ask that you give them wisdom and, and endurance and just an ever-renewing sense of purpose and courage, Lord, that you would restore them and renew them and renew their strength. We pray specifically for the children at Village of Hope that you would help them know the love of Christ, to feel the love of Christ, uh, Lord, to be bathed in the love of you. Lord, we also pray for Ronald and Addison as they're expecting their first child and pray that you would give great grace to Addison. During her pregnancy. Lord, we thank you for your love for this country, your love for these families, and your love for this ministry. And we ask all these things in your precious name. Well, thank you for listening seriously to the Defender Podcast. And we hope that if you're enjoying the Defender Podcast, that you would let us know, uh, reach out to us. And you can always email us and let us know how you like the podcast at info at lifelinechild.org. Tell us about topics that you would like to hear or folk folks that you would like for us to interview. Also, will you please take the time to rate us on your favorite uh, podcast listening app, be it the podcast app on uh, iTunes or another podcast listening app. Those ratings help folks be able to find this podcast and for this podcast to be used in so many different ways in their lives.